passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus in this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It's always game day in Cleveland. The post-game report is the Browns de- defeat Washington on the second-to-last week of the season before they wrap things up in Pittsburgh. Brought to you locally by Smiley One. Heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. i got to tell you, it's about as fun as it's been. Well, I shouldn't say that. The second half was fun. It's about as clean of a game as the Browns have had since Cincinnati back on Halloween, uh, the victory they had today. What were your thoughts, Daryl? A tale of two halves. The first half was just completely a disaster and unwatchable. And then in the second half, they came out and Deshaun Watson kind of gave us a glimpse of the player that we've been waiting to see for five weeks, right? Took 18 uh, quarters, uh, but we finally got to see it. Uh, got some nice uh, assistance from Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones. And um, 
yeah, it was, it's nice to see three straight drives ending in touchdowns. So, um, bad afternoon for the uh, fire Kevin Stefanski because the players don't play for him crowd, but um, they are a, a win away from now finishing exactly where they began a year ago, and that is uh, eight and nine. Darrell, what did we learn from today's game? What did we learn? Well, I mean, I, I think we learned that, uh, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson is going to give everyone three heart attacks uh, pretty much every time he's running around with the football. He, the thing that worries me most is he carries it like a loaf of bread, and that's going to lead to some turnovers if you get some defenders that are just kind of like flailing away uh, at his arms. But he, he just He holds the ball out there, and I know he's got strong hands, but he just like holds it out there. Uh, and, um, I don't like that, but man, is he fun slash terrifying to watch when he's running away, uh, from defenders. But yeah, I mean, you, we finally got the glimpse. That's what we were looking for. We got it for two quarters. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully we see a lot more of that. I mean, look, the second half numbers weren't all that impressive. The three touchdowns are, but he was six to 10 for a buck 46 in the second half. Um, you know, first half uh, w- was not good. Uh, obviously uh, 23 yards, just uh, three of eight passing there uh, in the first 30 minutes, got sacked four times. Um, but Six plays, 63 yards, touchdown. 12 plays, 89 yards, uh, touchdown. Nine plays, 71 yards, touchdown. Ball game. So uh, I think that's the biggest thing we learned, that uh, there there is a glimmer of hope, which is pretty much what Browns fans have clinged to since 1999, a glimmer of hope. So I thought one of the things that was impressive, too, and by the way, after that first half, you had complimentary football. All three sides of the ball played. In fact, they took three points off the board. Let's start with that, too. Early in the game, the Browns were up 6 nothing, but then there was a offside call that moved them a little bit closer to the goal line, deep in the red zone. They went for it on fourth down and did not get it. There's a couple schools of thought here. At first, I was like, man, why would you take points off the board on the road? I don't know if that's a really good idea. But then the other point was, I'm like, you're not going to the playoffs. You should probably see if you can score a touchdown here. And... If for some reason you don't get in, they've got to drive the entire length of the field to score. I, I, I saw a lot of haters on social media. Hmm? Which I think they did, didn't they? Or no, that was the 94-yard drive they had. Correct. It wasn't, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm i ta- I'm team take the points. I'm team take the I points. I understand it. I, I really am. Uh, I've seen enough Browns football that I know how the movies end. So I am team take the points when you could get the points. They should have won 27 to 10 instead of 24 to 10. I don't know. Would that have, would that have mattered now that Ohio is a uh, legal betting state? Did that, uh, uh, did those three points coming off the board affect anything? No, they didn't. Okay. So. All right. So that is why the, uh, the torches are not out for Kevin Stefanski. Following yeah, this the Browns were like a point and a half or something today. I don't know. Something like that. Underdog. Yeah, but I, I'm 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 team. T- I, I don't understand the zero points is better than three points because we had a chance to score seven but didn't score the seven philosophy. I just that is an equation that I will never under any circumstances, except for if the ball is at the six inch line, right? Like if you have to take a piece of paper to separate the ball from the goal line, I, I just I am 
team take the points because look, the, the Browns don't execute in the red zone. That's the thing. Like know your team. And it's one of my biggest complaints with Kevin Stefanski and how he manages games. He manages games according to the spreadsheet and not according to knowing your team. The Browns rarely execute in the red zone. Um, and that is a fact. So that's why I'm team take the points. Now, if I have a high-powered, high-efficiency offense in the red zone, we're having a completely different discussion. By the way, the, the Browns on fourth down this year suck. Um, for Except all the for times, when Jacoby Brissett's trying to run going the for it. Right. Yeah. It, you know, Jacoby Brissett remains the quarterback sneak Hall of Famer that he is. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe they should have put Jacoby Brissett in there. At the with the ball sitting at the two and a half yard line and see if they could shove him uh into the end zone or whatever. The other thing, I were they in were they in the gun on that, by the way? On which play? On the on the goal to go. Did he did he run that from the gun? I, I was listening in the radio. I was and driving you know to the studio at that point. So go and ahead. You, yeah. And you know what? Uh that that also drives me nuts. If it's you know short and you go to the gun, like I, I hate that too. That's an that's another one of my football pet peeves. Fourth and or one or two yards to go, and your quarterback is in the pistol of the gun. It drives me insane. I hate it. I think it's the dumbest thing coaches do. Well, there are many dumb things coaches do, but that might be like at the top of the dumb things that coaches do is when you uh, don't have the quarterback under center in those real short yardage situations. Cause now not only do you need the two yards, you need the four to five to six yards that the quarterback's back. So now you need eight yards. You got to go forward eight yards. If it's a, a quarterback keeper to get where you, you needed to go. So I just really can't stand that. And it drives me just absolutely bananas. Do you want the, can we do the aggravation part of the show right now after winning today? Yeah, might as well let's get, let's get it out of the way. It's a well, new I mean, you go back and say to yourself, yeah. if you if you win last week, you're what? Eight yeah, and eight, okay. Right? Beat the Jets too. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, okay. But you would have wanted the Patriots win. The Patriots win, even though the Jets lost, or either one of those. If you would have had the Patriots win, if you could have beat the Patriots and won yeah, one, yeah, but of those the Patriots kicked their ass, so it's pointless. To no, talk. I agree. I, I agree. But isn't yeah, it aggravating but, to think? But this is how yeah, close they are. That's the problem. They're close. Okay. I told you after the Jets game that I was going to bite him in the ass. So did you. So yeah. here we are. Like, I mean, it's it's unfortunate. Um, uh, we're recording this before the, the Sunday night game between the Ravens and the Steelers, but that, I think, not only will determine whether or not Pittsburgh stays alive, but it's also going to determine, I think, what time the Browns play. I think they play Saturday at 1 if the game means nothing. If the game means something, then I think they could play, like, Saturday at 4.15 or whatever. Maybe they even play something. Eh. Uh, on Sunday, but if uh, if the Steelers get kicked out Sunday night, I or Sunday been... one then right yeah, or that... Sunday one if they get kicked out tonight. Yeah, if they get kicked out tonight, I think you bury yeah you you, you bury the Browns Steelers game. There's of no course, reason. Yeah. That. yeah, nobody cares except for the new Ohio. It, except for except for the participants. Yes, nobody cares. Fair enough. I fair enough. I appreciate that. So okay. So again, next week's game against Pittsburgh can be flexed. Like is the whole, everything, every, everything yeah. can be flat. Like there is no schedule for week 18 right now. Other than who you play. Correct. The entire schedule. Like, I'll be honest with you, Daryl. Don't you like that? I think that's a great idea. It's a great idea. 
but it's a terrible idea because nobody knows when they're playing for logistics season finale for logistics until late tonight. I mean, we might not get the schedule for week 18 until like 10, 11. Again, we're recording this uh, late Sunday afternoon. Uh, The week 18 schedule may not come out. I promise it will be out when we record our podcast Monday night, uh, but it won't come out until possibly after 10 PM Sunday night. I'm just trying to look at the Steelers percentages really quick here. So if you just, if they you could uh, participate, it. well, they were a 2% chance going into today. Yeah. And they ne- obviously they needed help. So, and uh, let's see, they, uh, after the one o'clock games, the Steelers jumped up to a 4% chance. Should they win and beat Baltimore tonight? So I don't know if this will press before then, but that would still only make them a 10% chance to get in. If they win the next two games, there's still only a 20% chance they get in. So, and going into next week, like I could, I, I could try to come up with scenarios for the late afternoon games to keep. But I, I, I highly doubt. I, I mean, the odds don't. I mean, I, I might end up. Uh, they're out too on a Browns. No, they're out on a win over Baltimore. Obviously, they're out if they lose to us after next week. So, but that'll take you up to eighteen percent. Okay, there you go. This has been the math portion of it's always game day in Cleveland. Beep 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 beep. Um, Daryl, let's come back. I want to talk a little bit more about the game. I want to talk about the guys that made things happen offensively and other uh, rumblings and things of that going into this week and how that storyline played into the game today. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin, brought to you locally by Smiley One, heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. Again, we're doing the postmortem from uh, the game against Washington, uh, where the Browns won. 24 to 10. They've upped their record now to seven and nine on the season, and they are three and five on the road. Washington uh, needed this game against the Browns to solidify and, and try to move forward and trying to make the playoffs. This really crushes them. They're now at seven, eight, and one, but it's just weird when you look at and the if, if the if the current Packers score holds up, they're done. They're out. And how about Ron Rivera after the game had no idea that the commanders could be eliminated? today with a loss it broke up on my they had no idea that the commanders what could be eliminated um i i they could be eliminated today yeah he, he didn't did realize that. that he didn't realize that no that's not real good is it although i gotta tell you i was super not disappointed. Great, meredith i just uh, no hey, meredith can you pop in for a second here just audio wise obviously 
Or were you surprised by the crowd or the lack of crowd at the game? No, not at all. Okay. I mean, it was empty. I, I They kept showing the upper deck, and I was like, wow, man. For a team that still has a chance, there's nobody there. Well, the problem is, is that FedEx Field is really difficult to get to, even if you live in PG County, which is where it's located. Mm. So it's really difficult to get to. There's not a lot of par- – there's, you know, there's no parking – uh, unless you want to pay exorbitant amounts to park in the parking lots uh, at FedEx Field, there's no public transportation, and a lot of people in Washington D.C. rely on public transportation. And it's just, it's not a great stadium. It's falling apart. Nobody likes it, and I, and I think people are kind of in this. Um, I don't want to. They're not real happy. My money. Yeah. You know, so and you know, buying tickets to the game gives Dan Snyder money. So it's just there's there's a lot of discontent amongst Commanders fans, even when they're vying for a playoff spot. There's just there there's a lot of frustration. And so by the I was way, not what did you think of the new mascot, Pig Tutty or whatever they call him? Yeah, what about you know uh, Major Tutty? Major Tutty. Oink oink. It was weird. It was weird. It was weird because I don't know. It, it felt like they were trying to profit off of the the hogs but there's like other other than this group of fans that dress as pigs there's no connection to pigs and the team's former name or their current name it made no sense to me and also that mascot um i think they pulled that straight from my nightmares it reminds me of one of the hogs from star wars that had the big yeah uh, yeah it was it's not it was not great um i don't know what was more, what was worse this year for the for the commanders, uh, the mascot reveal today or the Sean Taylor memorial reveal a few weeks ago? Because that was also not great. Uh, I don't know. Hard times. It's only it's five miles from the heart of DC, though, right? Is that right? So sounds right. No, I saw that it said that on Wikipedia, and I don't think yeah. that's correct. Like I think Prince George's County. Is about five miles outside of D.C., but if you are in the heart of D.C., like if you are at the Capitol building right in the center, it's going to take you at least 45 minutes to an hour to get to FedEx Field minimum. So I don't know where that five miles came from. Maybe it is five miles and traffic is just that bad. But when I heard you say that on the pregame show today and I saw and I went and looked it up after you said it, I was like, there's no way. That it's just that's five. Right. Yeah, that's where I so got it. And from. I looked it up and I was like, well, that's what the internet says. I don't believe it because I've made that drive before and it does not feel like five miles to me. But is it is it touching Landover or no? I know this is really obscure conversation, but because didn't the bullets play in Landover too? No, they uh I thought the bullets played in Landover at one point. Yeah, they did. So there's like so West Unsold years. Yeah, so it's not actually it's not near where this where currently fedex field is there's um an area in landover it's called cap center city or something like that and that's where the capitals originally played and that's also where the bullets originally played so it's not really in the same area um gotcha i was just surprised a little more accessible than where fedex field yeah i was just i i was you know despite all those other things going on i thought that i've always thought traditionally washington football fans are very good and I was just kind of shocked to see how empty the seats were, especially because the weather was perfect. Yeah. I mean, Washington football fans traditionally have been very good, but I think in the last 10 years, and then especially recently with, yeah. you know, the congressional hearings and, you know, multiple name changes and like not saying that the name change is a bad thing. I like the commanders. I like that name for the team, but just everything surrounding the team that doesn't have to do with football. I think fans are just exhausted. 
And I think Browns fans can relate to that too, because, you know, the last 20 years with the Browns have been relatively exhausting for fans. Yeah. I think there's a lot of similarities there that, but going back to what Daryl had said before about Ron Rivera, not realizing about their playoff potential is it's a little wild. That's, that's not that's good. Yeah, yeah. That's not good at all. Daryl. Um, when we go back to this game too, as well, that, you know, the production of your offense, really two guys carried the load today. Nick Chubb over a hundred yards, Amari Cooper over, I think they had two, no, two Oh nine together. If you added their total yards and, and they're impressive. And I thought Cooper's touchdown run was good. And I also think it's a reflection of those players because I just, I, I love the way both those guys play. And I was super happy that both of them had big days uh, in this contest, but also I think, we got a little glimpse into the future for the running back position too, because I mean, Kareem only had what two carries today and Jerome Ford had five. He only had nine yards, but there's a spark there and a freshness that I thought was uh, interesting to see. What'd you think of the running game? Uh, yeah, he, uh, he had his nine yards. Thanks to a long run of nine yards. He got nothing on the other four carries. So are you uh, not impressed at all with him or no? Do you like him or not? I, I mean, I, I think there's potential there, but, the key word is potential. And I don't know. I, I get tired of potential. Um, you know, Nick Chubb, seven, 100 yard rushing performances this season for him. Amari Cooper with the two touchdowns. He, he now sets a career high for touchdown catches uh, in a single season. Also, he's the first Brown since Josh Gordon, remember him 2013 to have nine touchdown catches in a uh, single season. So, um, yeah, I mean the, the big three of, uh, Watson, Cooper and Chubb certainly showed up and showed out and did a real nice job. Big reason why the Browns, uh, come home with their seventh win of the season. What does this do as far as putting coaches on the hot seat? Well, Stefanski wasn't on the hot seat and he's not on the hot seat and he's not going to be on the hot seat. So, um, uh, nothing there. I mean, uh, I I think that they st- I I really hope they don't fool themselves into uh, just bringing everybody back. I think you need I think this team needs a kick in the ass, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I know they played well the, today. Give them their credit after that twenty-one play drive over yeah. eleven minutes off the clock, and then Washington end up starting the second half with the football. It would have been understandable if they were just completely gassed and couldn't stop them. They got the they got the commanders off the field right away in the third quarter, got the ball back to Deshaun Watson in the offense finally, and you know that started the avalanche of of touchdown drives for the Browns. So give them credit. You know Grant Delpit two interceptions today, uh, Denzel Ward with a pick, uh, Carson Wentz is a turnover machine. They got three uh, of them. By the way, Carson Wentz's rating today thirty one point four. So oh, I guess so. I guess I have to give Paul D. Podesta his flowers, even though back in 2016 he had no idea what the hell to look at with an NFL quarterback. Ultimately, his uh, not an elite quarterback or whatever that comment he got uh, quoted uh, as saying uh, d- uh, was right because Carson Wentz is not. I can't see Carson Wentz being a starting quarterback next year for anybody. Um, just an awful performance with the uh, the commander season on the line for him. Uh, basically, a Brownsian performance for Carson Wentz. What'd you think uh, of the fans uh, cheering Heineke? <laughs> it was what so I mean, if you if you listen on the story, radio on the radio, it was blasting. You, you could hear it on the TV too. Yeah. So I I had a tweet ready to go 
but I deleted it because I just there was a half of football to play. But after Deshaun Watson, um, I, I think it was the the fifth, the almost fifth sack when he threw it to oh. Jack Conklin. Yes, one of the funniest plays you'll ever see. I had tweeted, so how uh, how long before Browns fans start chanting for Jacoby? And I had it, and I was ready to hit tweet, and I, I, I thought about, I was like, you know what, that juice just ain't worth the squeeze. No, so I so I deleted it, and it turns out that was one of my better coaching decisions on Sunday afternoon that I did not hit send on that tweet. So, but it was, gotta admit, it had some comedic timing to it, yes. right? Yes. It was good because of the chance for Heineke, but I just I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to stir that drink just yet. Let's see how the second half goes, and then maybe we'll put it out there. And uh, so, if I, it makes you feel better, my wife's family has a ton of Michigan fans. Okay, and as oh, I was watching, oh. as I was watching the Michigan game yesterday against TCU, and they buried me after the Ohio State Michigan game. I mean, I was getting crushed with um with text and and most of my texts were so well not really because i was like oh you found my number it seems to me you only text me once a year and that's when ohio state michigan play i mean i was all over them going back just about the fact that i was like oh i didn't realize we were still in the same family so during the game yesterday i cannot tell you how many times i was about to hit send on a text over to family members who are huge michigan fans and i'm like you know what Buckeyes play tonight. I'm not doing that. I'll wait. I'll so wait. I, I'll wait. It'll be happy new year blank something text. And the fact that, you know, Ohio state lost and that heartbreaker. Well, um, you know, I'm we glad did I watch, didn't send anything. We did watch the ball drop right at midnight. It went wide left. Isn't that crazy? And, did, did you see the video? Positive. I, ha- I have a positive for you. Oh, okay. There's good. A- there's a positive in all this, right? I have no idea what it is, but okay. There is no Browns fan that will ever wish that Ryan Day come coach the Browns. Because every Ohio Browns fans for years have been wanting Ohio State coaches to come north to Cleveland to coach the Browns, right? Because of the, the success. Nobody's asking Ryan Day to come coach the Cleveland Browns, even though he channeled his inner Kevin Stefanski in the final 30 seconds of that game. I still like Ryan Day. I wouldn't mind him as a coach. I like Kevin and I want Kevin to succeed. So I'll leave it at that. But if that job ever came open again, I still wouldn't have a problem with Ryan day. Sorry, bro. I'm it. Maybe I'm the only fan. Yeah. Because prior to the Michigan game, prior to the Michigan game, it was hard to say no. He has a, he has a losing record in bowl games and he has a losing record against Michigan. No, thank you. You. How many standards times? are different. Come on, man. Standards Just, are different. The pro football and the, the best. Wrong. I, I say it wrong. all the time. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. The best professional in the state of Ohio has played south of Massillon. You're wrong. Everything's I'm wrong. 100% right. You're wrong. Right. You're wrong. Massillon you're wrong. High School, the Ohio State University, yes. and the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. Are you going to throw the Browns in there, too, for Paul Brown? No, because they're, they're no, the, the crappiest pro football is played in Cleveland with the exception of Sunday afternoon in the second half in Washington. The, the standards was, have to be good. All right, we'll change good. our standards for the third. Let's change our standards for the third segment of the show. Oh, no, 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 no. Only the highest standards in 2023, Baskin. It's always game day in Cleveland. It is, no matter if we're talking about Columbus, Maslin, or I don't know, wherever in Youngstown, Darrell wants me to talk about. We'll be back right after this. 
It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Okay, it's the postgame show. The Browns, a winner over the Washington Commanders. Nice win for the Browns, 24-10. to That's right, 24-10. We talk about the Browns' seventh win of the season. They can end the year at 8-9, and nine, much like last year, a game under 500. But you played the first 11 games with a quarterback that you don't expect to be the quarterback of your future, and now you have that quarterback of the future. Daryl, as we assess... Uh, Deshaun Watson each week I think he gets a little bit more comfortable his ability to avoid the sack I think was evident in this game might might have given you a heart attack but I think it was evident in this game and you know I, I do think the future looks bright and I know there was a question after the game in the press conference about you know I think the question was something like <clears throat> are you trying to it was to Grant Delpit about trying to you know let the rest of the league send a message to the rest of the league about the last two games and he was like not really having anything to do that but what I do think is you want people to say about you when the season's over, man, it's a good thing Watson didn't start the season a little bit early with the Browns because they probably would have been the playoffs. They were a team that that got hot at the end of the year and they looked pretty good and that I'm glad they didn't make the playoffs. That's what I, I think that's that's what you want to be said about you on your uh, epitaph for this season. Agree, disagree, what do you think? Um, I'm not really into consolation prizes, but that – I guess is a consolation prize. That's, I mean, ah, they, they should be in the playoffs. Like they're, they, they should, they, they didn't get there. It's I, I give no quarter, Andy. I give no quarter. Sorry. My standards are, my standards are my standards. I, I just, I can't, I can't do moral victories anymore. I can't do the, well, you know, Hey, they did finish the season strong. Yeah. Well, if only they, uh, you know, uh, had their stuff together in the first half of the season when uh, Jacoby Brissett, by the way, uh, has outplayed Deshaun Watson. Um, let's let's be honest about it, right? When you look at just the overall the, the totality of the the picture here, um, so yeah, I, I I give him no quarter. I give him credit for not mailing it in down the stretch. Um, uh, you know, Kevin Stefanski. Here's a, a fun fact for you. Kevin Stefanski needs a win in Pittsburgh to remain the only Browns coach, full-time head coach in the expansion era to not have double-digit loss season on his resume, have a double-digit loss season on his resume. Every Browns coach since 1999 has lost at least 10 games in a season. Going all, you know, Chris Palmer did it twice. Butch Davis did it once. Romeo Cornell did it a couple of times. Uh, Eric Mangini did it twice in his two years here. Uh, and you just, you keep coming you know, forward. Uh, Pat Shermer, Rob Chudzinski, uh, Eric, uh, I mentioned Mangini. Um, let's see, who the hell else has been here? Uh, Freddie Kitchens did it. Hugh Jackson did it multiple times. Um, you know, he was obviously the worst of the worst. But yeah, I mean, Stefanski is the only coach in the expansion era to not lose 10 games. Now. He'll either join the party next week in Pittsburgh or he will hang on to that very unique distinction. Yes, the standards here in Cleveland are horrifically low. Daryl, is the defense getting better? No, Carson Wentz was on the field. <laughs> like, I mean, you have to give him credit for making the plays when the plays were there to be made. So, in fairness, you, you you have to give them the credit, but Andy, they're just 
I'm sorry. The defense is why we're sitting here lamenting the fact that the Browns are not in playoff contention. The defense is why. So, again, I give them no quarter. Special teams get better as the end of the season evolve? Mm. I mean, Jerome Ford and Donovan Peoples-Jones in, in the return games have, have provided a little bit of a spark, but, yeah. Was I, I, I'm I'm kind of like I'm I'm indifferent on if Prefer stays or goes. I, I don't yeah, I okay. If he stays, there, yeah, shrug. If he goes, shrug. Um Joe Woods, I just I I think they need to make yet this team needs someone to kick him in the ass. Like I keep saying it, and I stand by it. And I don't think Joe Woods is that guy. Kevin Stefanski sure ain't, right? They'll, they'll, I mean, they'll play hard for Kevin, right? And, right. and, and that, they'll play, but discipline the guys that get in trouble are on the defensive side of the ball. They disciplined three players on the defensive side of the ball this year for various team rule violations. It's good. You know, that Grant Delp at one play suspension really paid off. Yeah, I game. have to tell you, man, I'm sure he learned his lesson, whatever that lesson was. And, and what about Miles? Did, was, did he have to get a haircut because of his suspension last week, the one series suspension? I don't know. I mean, I just think that there's basic things you do as an adult. And one of those things is if you're sick, you, you properly call off. You properly communicate with your bosses. You know, you and I have both been sick in, in recent weeks, unfortunately. And right. we communicate with our bosses to tell them, Hey, I, this is, you know, I'm sick. This is what I can do from home or I can't do from home. And I either need the day off or, you know, I'm going to be limited in what I'm able to do, whatever. Like, and there's no issue. It's when you just don't show up for work or you don't properly communicate. Like there's just no excuse for miscommunication. I I'm sorry. I, well, I, I, I love and respect miles. I think he's an, just an incredible player. Uh, but there are just certain adult things that you got to do. One of them is obey the speed limit. And two is, if you're sick, make sure you tell your boss. And make proper arrangements to have the work day off or, or whatever. Like, there's just, there's, there's just no, I'm sorry. I, I just, I, I, I have no tolerance for the miscommunication thing. Because that's just like basic being an adult. Um, Daryl, there was a stat that I heard, I just don't know if this is true because I'm trying to look it up right now too. The last time the Browns beat the Steelers twice in one season was, did you hear anybody talking about that? I was going to look that up. Like yeah, that, was I, my, that was on my, that was on my to look up the, uh, for next week uh, right. thing. It's, it's been a while. Well, I, I had heard 30 years. That just doesn't, I don't know about right. that. Uh, I don't know. I, I have to look it up. During the regular season, that yes. would make sense because yes. you know they won, they beat them twice in twenty one. Right, boy, I'm I'm looking through the history. I think that's right. They had back, they won. Yep, they they won in November of fourteen, and then won again in. They have at least September. swept a couple of times. They've swept the Ravens before. I don't believe since coming back. I don't think that they've ever swept the season series or oh boy. season series nope. from the Steelers. I'm looking at it right now. 1983 Browns, 21 Steelers. Is that right? Steelers. I don't know. I'm looking at it, but it does seem like it's been a long time. Let's just, let's put it at that without having to go through all the, 
Well, the actual work of trying to find it, but you know, so here you have a chance. That's something else to play for this week. And I, I wonder if I, I really kind of hope, and again, we're taping this before the Pittsburgh game on Sunday night. So I hope Pittsburgh wins. So the Browns have that to play for, to try to knock the Steelers out of the playoffs. If they still have any kind of hope. Oh no, 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 we don't. No, no, we, we need the Steelers to lose Sunday night. Wait, wait, I, under, I under no circumstances want anything but a one o'clock kickoff next week. What are you talking about? What are you just it's being selfish? What are you talking? Oh, it's yes, all about Darryl. all about me. Okay. Under no circumstances do I want anything other than a one p.m. kickoff either on Saturday or Sunday. Okay. Darryl. I would prefer a Sunday at one p.m. kickoff so I can watch good football all day Saturday. And then I'll be able to watch the Sunday night game, which will probably, I'm guessing, be Titans and Jaguars for the AFC South, right? Because that, that's the Sounds win and you're in game, yeah. even though the winner will be below 500. But still, that's typically how they work these things. So it's all about me. I want a Sunday afternoon, 1 p.m. kickoff at Heinz Field. Do not, do not ruin my Saturday with Browns football. <laughs> do not ruin my Sunday night. With Browns football. Daryl, I'm going to leave it at that. It's been a long week. <laughs> we started off in minus 16 below temperatures, and then you end up in 60-degree temperatures in in, uh, in Washington over the last eight days. So, Daryl, to you, to Merrill, uh, to Merrill, to Meredith, to everybody, Happy New Year. Hope you appreciate the show. We love doing this. We love uh, having some fun and uh, – We'll be back again, what, Tuesday morning is our next show drop? Does that sound right? Yeah, that does sound right. So Sounds good to me. Enjoy your weird January 2nd bowl day with all these bowls that are being played that are absolutely meaningless, right? Yes, correct. Enjoy them. So thanks for listening. Uh, Thanks again for listening. For the outstanding Meredith Kane, he is Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It's always game day in Cleveland.